Welcome to Discover Healthier. Everything you need to know about health brought to you by Discovery Health. I'm Azania Musaka. You can join the conversation as we explore some of the most pressing matters in the healthcare environment today. Our wide variety of topics and specialist guests will empower you to care for your health now and in the future. Well, I'm now joined by Mara Glennie and Rafaela Ruttel. Many years ago, Mara experienced gender-based violence firsthand. She was astonished at the lack of support she experienced when she tried to report these events. She founded TEARS, which is an organization that provides a support network for survivors of rape and abuse, underpinned by technology that is available to all of us. And we also have service executive at Discovery Health, Rafaela Ruttel, and she's here to tell us about the hashtag Discover Your Voice initiative, which encourages Discovery Health medical scheme members who experience gender-based violence to reach out for help and to access immediate and confidential trauma support and scheme benefits. Hello, Mara. Thank you for being with us. Hello, and I'm pleased to be here so that we can help as many people as possible. Thank you for the opportunity. And Rafaela, thank you for lending your voice as well to this conversation on gender-based violence. Hi. It's a pleasure. Hi. I'm so excited to be with you guys. Mara, let me start with you. I gave a brief synopsis of what you went through, but you experienced gender-based violence yourself. You went to the police. You weren't able to access help. And this actually led you to a life that is dedicated to giving others the help that you couldn't get when you needed it. Just tell us about how you came to start Tears Foundation. Well, I was extremely distressed after not getting the assistance that I needed at the police station. Mm. And obviously, as a survivor of uh, intimate partner violence, I was fearful and I was ashamed. So I sort of pulled within myself for a while. And then when I got better, I got angry. And when I got angry, I asked myself the question, what would I have expected to happen? What would I have liked to happen? And once I answered that question, I said, to myself that I would have liked them to be able to tell me where to go. I could understand that they were perhaps not at that time able to assist me, but I felt they needed to be able to refer me to go somewhere. Mm. So that's what our service started with. Well, I want to talk about the details of that service, but I also want to lay the foundation and to frame our discussion on gender-based violence. You know, sometimes I remember an occasion where someone said, but what does it mean? What kind of acts are we really talking about? Can you tell us about the different forms or let's just broadly define what gender-based violence entails? Gender-based violence could take many, many forms. It could take the way of your partner shouting at you, belittling you, withholding money from you, taking your phone from you, checking who called you, who you speak to, limiting your friends, telling your friends that they can't come in. And it also could take a physical form of hitting, slapping or abusing. So it is a very, very wide spectrum from bullying, belittling to physical. And are there signs that we can look for in others, you know, signs that can tell us that they might be experiencing GBV? Well, I do think that people tend to hide it. Mm. And all the statistics in South Africa and internationally tell us that it takes a woman who's been in an abusive relationship approximately seven times of wanting to leave before she leaves on the seventh time. It's very hard to leave because 
Women are naturally nurturers, and we hope that our intimate partner or husband or wife would change. And so we keep hoping and imagining that it will get better. So it's very, very hard. So people don't disclose, but there are things that you can look for. If the person you're speaking to has bruises, obviously, Mm. you need to speak up. The other thing would be if the person was very scared of her partner. And then there are things like a very over-possessive partner keeps taking their cell phone from them and checking where they go. So I think one has to look at the telltale sign rather than the person speaking out. So be quite alert and quite observant around other people so that we can pick these things up. But we are in this COVID pandemic. Have you seen a significant increase or kind of increase in people reaching out since the pandemic has hit South Africa? And if at all, what are the reasons for this? Well, we did see that the type of calls we received in the first two months of lockdown were different to our regular calls. The calls that we were receiving were mostly people who actually recalled abuse from the past, whether it was a few years ago or whether it was abuse that happened to them as a child. So in the lockup, when they had a lot of time to think about things and quite often blame themselves for mishaps in the past, Mm. they started to suffer very traumatized things. They were triggered. And so a lot of the cases that we had was to deal with past trauma. But in the first few weeks of the second phase of lockdown, Mm -hmm. we had a number of calls. The difficulty at that time was and remains that the courts are not open for protection orders. So whilst we are all covering our mouths in amazement that gender-based violence has thought, let's ask the question, What has the legal system done to protect these women? Well, we are going to be speaking to an attorney in this space, an activist as well in this space, lending legal help for women who find themselves in this unfortunate position. So I think we'll dig a little bit deeper into that point, Mara. Thank you for raising it. I mentioned earlier as well that your organization allows women to get access to help using technology. You also mentioned calls from survivors. Just help me understand the sort of services the Tears Foundation provides. We basically, as I started off by saying, give the service I would have loved to receive. So we walk with them through the circumstances. If they wish to leave an abusive relationship, we have a checklist that we prepared for them. And we talk them through the steps because we don't recommend someone leaves the relationship unless their life is in danger. So we recommend that they prepare first before leaving. In other words, make sure you've got your marriage certificate or a copy of the lease or whatever. We will help a person get a protection order. We will help them lay a charge at the police. Quite often we have to follow up the case with the investigating officer. So it's very diverse and it's all aspects of supporting the victim on an uncharted journey which is extremely fearful. Wow, and it sounds quite comprehensive as well, that you've thought of the various aspects that one might need at this time. Well, we also do things like someone will call us and say, how do I know? I think that my daughter has been fiddled with. How do I find out? Then we'll work with the teddy bear clinic to Mm. organize that the child gets tested. So it's actually literally 
and making sure that people have had their ARVs or anti-pregnancy pills if they've been raped. So it's all the aspects of support that you would want your sister to do for you. So in a way, we come alongside people and give them the much-needed support. Mm, And I know that not all facilities issue J88 forms, which are very important as part of these cases. Do you also look into that? J88 forms are absolutely vital in winning a case in court, and they can only be issued by very specified people. But what we do do is ensure that if someone calls us and they've just recently been raped, we ensure that they go to the nearest facility that will help them for free and be able to issue the J88. Mm. I also work with facilities whom I know will call the police. Mara, I'll be with you in a moment, but I want to hear from Rafaela now, now that we've laid a solid foundation for the work that the Tears Foundation does. But Rafaela, tell us more about hashtag Discover Your Voice, this initiative that Adrian Gore has also lent his voice to. What is this platform and what does it provide for victims of gender-based violence? So Discovery's put several things in place with the aim of being able to help our members as holistically as possible. I think it's Mara's really described that quite well, mm. where you can actually help your people with a diverse, whatever they need from a diverse point of view. So we've got a dedicated 24-7 line where our scheme members can get emergency medical assistance after hours or during the day so that we can get them to a hospital, for example, or else they're just wanting some practical guide on what to do next. For example, getting them to the nearest rape care center for the appropriate assistance. And then we also offer the longer term assistance, which we call navigation of care, which is again that what Mara referred to as the diverse assistance for the members. And it includes things like support group information. We can help them find a place of safety if that's what they need. Then there's also the discovery benefit related guidance and facilitation, which includes things like GP visits social worker support, as well as psychotherapy sessions. Mm. And then alongside or behind this is a team of a well-trained service specialist who handle the queries with compassion and empathy. And obviously, in terms of what the client needs at the time, we call them, I suppose you could think of them as a personal banker. Mm. And they work closely with our partners, NetK911, for emergency response type services, you know, should an ambulance be needed or for urgent counselling. And then besides that, Discovery has an employee assistance company called Healthy Company. And within that, we've developed a bespoke gender-based violence workshop, which enables us to educate our corporate clients from the leaders to the staff on what GBV actually is. You know, the shapes and forms that it takes, how it presents itself, who it happens to, and how best you can help someone who you think or know is a victim. So through these workshops, our aim is to educate and equip and empower both the victim and their families because obviously they often the people who need to understand what that person is going through because they might need to reach out to the victim because mm. as Mara said, the victim often is fearful themselves to reach out or ashamed to reach out for help. You know, listening to what Discovery provides, what Tears Foundation provides, of course, is looking at the services in response to what the survivor goes through. But what are the challenges that people who've been through GBV, what are the challenges that they face? Rafaela? I think what we find that our members needing are a few, are a few things. It's practical advice. Yeah. You know, so now it's happened to me. What do I do now? How do I get a protection order if I need one? And how does that protection order protect me? And where do I need to go if I need to find shelter if I have to escape my abuser? 
Mm. Often they need emotional support in the form of counseling or therapy. There's several challenges related to this as people often don't open up because of the stigma, as Mara said, and they don't have confidence anymore. Their abuser has made sure that they've knocked the confidence out of them completely. Mm. And then the last one is actually the affordability of therapy. So if they do need to go for help or counseling, you know, can they afford it? And that is part of our basket of care that we offer these yes. members is several free sessions so that they can at least get going with the help that they need. And Mara, what have you witnessed to be the challenges that people go through? I think that when you start off at the very beginning, the first thing is people are filled with disbelief. They don't believe you. So it affects your credibility. You suddenly coming out and saying, this person has abused me. And people find that quite shocking because to embrace the fact that someone you've known in a very social circumstance mm. where they've been jovial as maybe a punched a woman is almost unconscionable. So I think the biggest problem is people suffer from very bad rejection. And part of building up a relationship where you come alongside them and helping them is to them recover that you will get better, you will get through this, and one day you'll be able to look back and smile and say, I survived it and I'm okay. Rafaela, now, why does Discovery feel that it's important to focus on members or members of our society, not just of Discovery Health, who have experienced gender-based violence? I'm sure that everybody knows that Discovery's core purpose has always been to keep people healthy and enhance and protect their lives. And victims of gender-based violence, more than many people, need that protection over their lives. And as a company, we're committed to helping them. Mm-hmm. We can help to alleviate some of the burden on those who are experiencing GBV, be it through informing them on available benefits, facilitating their access to these benefits, or through practical advice, and on where to seek help outside of discovery. We all know that GBV occurs in every social sphere. Yeah. And when it happens to those amongst us, we want to be there to assist them when they need us. You know, a point struck me earlier on, Rafaela, when you mentioned the workplace, conscientizing employers, managers, and so on, and how to respond to this with compassion and sensitivity. And something that we also don't necessarily focus on much is the experience of survivors when it comes to how it affects their ability to be productive at work. And I wondered what COVID-19 and the constraints around our work is presenting as far as victims and the experience and the demands of the workplace are concerned right now? Yes, we've had quite a number of people contacting us because now they're sitting with their partner 24-7 yeah. because they're working from home. In the past, they could at least get away from their partner at least during the working day. So it is a difficult one when the victim is living with their partner now 24-7. It's a tough one to crack. So much relies on that motivation of the abused to take the necessary steps and break away from that circle of violence that they're in, which we know is not easy to do. Mm. The abused often can't find the courage to leave. They can't even find the courage to send us a message or call us when they're in the same house as their abuser. But what we do is when we take a member on board, we place them into what we call an observation pool, if you can call it that, Mm. where we remain in constant contact with them as long as it takes to get them out of their predicament. And we're available for them whenever they call for any kind of assistance. Having said that, we've got a lovely story to share with one of our clients who was experiencing a lot of gender-based violence abuse from their husband, and particularly in this time. And she became very brave and contacted us. And through Healthy Company, 
he actually agreed to have sessions with our healthy company coaches. Yeah. And if I may just read her reply to us sure. once we'd started with the sessions, may I do that? Yes. She says, I started talking to a counselor from the beginning of this year, and she's been doing an amazing job with us. We've had a number of sessions already and need a few more. But in those previous sessions, we've made immense progress. I think this COVID thing has been a blessing in disguise to us because we got to work on ourselves and our marriage. My husband was open and started thinking a lot about his actions and where they stem from. So needless to say, the emotional growth individually and in our marriage has been amazing. We are closer than ever and using the tools we've been given to work out our kinks. I also realized that I had a lot of unresolved anger towards him for how he abused me. And I know that I need to work on that too so that I'm able to fully forgive him. So all in all, you guys saved my life and my marriage and my family. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful. Oh, Isn't that lovely? Awesome. It awesome. Is. Well done. Well, well done. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Rafaela. Sometimes you think COVID is a bad sign for people who are going through GBV. But in this situation, it's actually made them face the problem, really face the problem and work through it, which has been an amazing story for us to work through. Yes, with the right interventions and the right support, if anything. And Mara, what have you witnessed as far as the impact on someone's employment, someone's ability to be productive? What has that impact of GBV been to survivors? It definitely affects their ability. So from my point of view, I'm pretty tough. I've always run my own business. I am fiercely independent. After I'd been abused, I had to learn to drive again. I forgot how to park. When I say forgot how to park, I didn't have the skills of turning the car into that small space. I'd become so paralyzed with fear. So I see that in other people. I'm not saying they all present it in the same way that I do, but I do understand that it affects every one of your skills that you took for granted. You lose your confidence. So one of the difficulties with GBV in the lockdown situation is that you're hiding your fear from your partner. You're hiding your shortfalls in case it results in further abuse. So one of the things that happens is that when they go back to work, they've lost all their confidence. Mm. So it's about building up a person's confidence and giving them the courage to return to the work environment. And, of course, sometimes people will say a harmless thing like, you look like you didn't sleep last night mm. because people are insensitive and it's learning to cope with rejection all over again. So it's a real minefield. To further expand is that sometimes the men will withhold the taxi fare and a very reliable worker for eight or six years will suddenly start coming late. Mm. And then we actually give her a scolding, whereas you need to ask, is there a problem with the taxi? is their problem with the taxi money. So I think we are also sometimes very insensitive that abuse can take so many different forms. Mm. So I think it's my earlier point that we have to just become more and more aware of our surroundings, that our palette of colors is not the same palette of colors the other person carries, and that our different needs and requirements often get shown with anger or fear you touched on the basket of services that you provide as Tears Foundation earlier on, Mara, and 
one thing stuck in my mind and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because there's also the added pressure that comes from acquiring an illness such as HIV or an STI after an episode of GBV and also just the stress of dealing with it that it brings. What is the on the ground experience that you've witnessed? Well, uh, in the shutdown, lockdown, I had a young lady call us for help. She was absolutely desperate. She is 23, pregnant, living in one of the townships. Her stepfather said, I would like you please to leave the house because I don't want to catch HIV from you. Meanwhile, we all know that that's not possible. He just didn't want his pregnant stepdaughter there. And I couldn't find a place for her to go. It took me literally four weeks to mm. find her a place because she had to go into isolation for the two weeks before they would accept her. But to accept an HIV pregnant young lady is very difficult. Anyway, I'm pleased to tell you that on Saturday, her beautiful baby girl was born in a safe place. Mm. So my answer to your question is it's very, very difficult to face this because obviously we do know in this country that to have a non-HIV baby, you have to have a cesarean. And so it's a difficult, it changes your entire life. Mm. And it's difficult because I have two people in my office who are HIV and it affects your life because every few weeks you have to go and get your pills and that person has more days off than the other person. And obviously some of the side effects is that you become extremely thin. So I think it's very difficult. And then I've had the additional problem is that in the townships, as survivors of COVID, or I've had multiple calls from people who've been sent to go and get the tests by their company who actually will go to another area. So if they're in Santon, they'll want to have the test in Kempton Park because they don't want anybody to know they were sent for testing because it's carrying almost as much shame as HIV. So we are mm. a country that really judges. Mm. So it's very difficult and you need support from your employers, family and friends. And Rafaela, your reaction to this, because GBV is already very difficult to navigate. It's already complex. And then added to that, the risk of acquiring a disease adds to the stress that a survivor has to live with. Well, not only about acquiring a disease, but people who have a disease or have a condition, what we're finding is that people who already have a condition are not going for the help that they need because they're so petrified of the COVID virus. So they're not actually dealing with what else is happening. Mm. So they're staying in hiding, whether they've acquired a disease or whether they already have one, they're staying in hiding and that's not helping their recovery at all because they're just petrified of leaving the home as well. Now, as we wrap, ladies, I just want to touch on this point. Mara, you not only guide women on how to leave abusive relationships, but you also work with men. Can we talk a little bit about male victims? Sure. What is their context? What are some of the challenges and struggles they face? Well, in this situation, male victims experience extreme shame because being raped is seen as unmanly. And our sad things in the country is that there are very, very few places that you can send a male victim for counselling. Mm. And whilst most of the rape facilities offer the counselling, 
it's not quite the same as going to a male counselor or a male psychologist if you're a male because it is for them an extremely shameful thing. They feel like they didn't protect themselves properly and often they are wracked with fear that they got HIV. So it is a very, very difficult situation for male people to come out. Mm. And yet I do work with male organizations where the people are able to face it. But it's very difficult to be a male rape victim in this country because we literally hardly service that area. And how do people access or reach Tears Foundation, Mara? Well, we have a very active website, which is www www.tears.co.za. We also have a Facebook page, which I post information on twice a day so that we have current chats. And then we have our helpline number, which is free, which works nationwide. It's a USSD service. You follow the prompts to get the help you need. It's star 134 star 7355 hash. You follow the prompts. And we are connected to an emergency service. So it's a nationwide service. So if you need help in Pringle Bay, they'll call the police in Pringle Bay for you. Right. So it's, it's a very comprehensive service. And we get a detailed report on that twice a day because we give people the option of asking for help or speaking to someone. So you can select Call Me Tomorrow. Mm. So in other words, if they're in the room or mm. in the house sharing with the survivor non-verbally, they can request a call. It's a free service. It works on any phone, anywhere in South Africa where there's a mobile phone link. And Rafaela, how can people access Discovery's support services? So we have the 24-hour line, which is connected with NetK911. And that number is 0860-999-911. We also have the Healthy Company line, which is also a 24-7 line, which is 0800-320-420. And we're in the process of updating our website and our app with the numbers that appear right at the front of the webpage so that people can go in there and find the number there. Yes. Well, Mara and Rafaela, I really want to thank you for this conversation. I think we need to keep having these conversations because there are so many people in need of the support and they need to hear that there is a network that they can belong to, that they can be a part of so that they can be out of this nightmare of a situation. Thank you for the work you do. Thank you. That was Mara Glenny from the Tears Foundation, as well as Rafaela Ruttel, Service Executive at Discovery Health. Did you know that Discovery support for those who experience gender-based violence extends even further? Every year, Discovery honors various professionals in the medical field through funding made available by the Discovery Foundation. In 2019, Dr. Yandisa Mianda was chosen to receive a Discovery Foundation Rural Individual Fellowship Award. This for her work in providing quality care for survivors of sexual violence. Dr. Mianda is the Chief Medical Officer in the Accident and Emergency Department at Cecilia Makiwane Hospital near East London. We had hoped to chat to her, but the demands of the COVID-19 pandemic on her time have made it impossible, and we fully understand that. But I want to tell you about her. Not only has she set up the Tutuzela Care Centre at the Hospital for Sexual Assault Survivors, 
but thanks to the support she has received through the Discovery Rural Individual Fellowship Award, she's developed a study to identify all the reasons why survivors of gender-based violence tend to be late in reporting an incident or in seeking medical care. She's actively studying more than 1,300 survivor files so that targeted awareness initiatives can be developed to help to encourage necessary interventions much earlier. We look forward to Discovery's future reports about the results of her research, and you can look out for them on the Discovery magazine site at discovery.co.za forward slash corporate forward slash discovery hyphen magazine under community. Stay tuned. Next, we will chat to attorney Lindsay Henson and trauma counselor Lana Snorman to explore the support and remedies available to survivors of gender-based violence in further detail. Thank you for listening to this episode of Discover Healthier, brought to you by Discovery Health. Join the conversation on social media with the hashtag DiscoverHealthier and tag at Discovery underscore SA. You can subscribe to our podcast channel, Discovery South Africa, on your favorite podcast app or visit discovery.co.za to listen to our shows.